0: Because if I'm doing that on a piano, I am all over the place. I could definitely, you know, pound some high notes and and move, but it would sound atrocious. Welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 44. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And I can't do it without my good friend, Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. This week,
1: I watched the movie Green Book, and you listened to Hoover Three.
0: Hoover, Hoover, Hoover the <laughs> third. Hoover, Hoover the third. It's the first yeah. Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, da- grandpa and dad Hoover uh, just standing aside and let baby Hoover take over mm-hmm. uh, with the music empire. Uh, I am a third. Did you know that? I did know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I am, I am Travis Ritchie the third. Um it- Travis Burchie the third, actually, which is <gasps> a secret that I have kept close to the vest. I cannot uh, believe you said that yeah, out loud. I can't believe I just admitted to it. for I, everybody. You know we can our, bleep it. All I'm gonna, of our thousands of listeners. I'm gonna bleep it. I'm gonna bleep oh. It. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the beep in. Yep. Oh, good. So they're gonna be listening to this part, going, "What did he say?" Exactly. Good. They'll have to it. The information I believe is out there somewhere. Uh, but I do like when I whenever I tell people, uh, Travis is uh not my first name, they'll... they'll or I'll, say, uh, I'll I'll ask them what their middle name is, and they'll be like, what is it? I'm like, it's Travis. And they're like, oh, your name is Travis Travis? And I was like, no, because you don't know my first name. I, so, uh, I think it would be wonderful, however, if you were named Travis
1: Travis. And it,
0: it could be. If you do you ever know,
1: make the name change legal and official,
0: please do choose Travis as your middle name as well. I, I won't, but you know that I do have... a. <laughs> Well, why would I? I mean, my, my actor name, my SAG name is Travis Ritchie. Nice. So, uh, with the Screen Actors Guild, uh, which, oh, we have some big news about that. Big, big news. Uh, We're taping and, you know, on
1: Thursday,
0: of all things. Yes, we are because we are taping this episode super late, uh, we are able to bring you fairly scorching hot fresh news, which is that the Screen Actors Guild <laughs> reached a tentative agreement with the uh, studio's... And the AMPTP to uh, to end the strike, and the strike is ended. Which so, so, but that the agreement isn't quite done yet. We do still have to uh, have a vote with the leadership, and then the membership has to ratify it. But I don't foresee that being a problem. Uh, nobody wants the strike to continue, uh, and I think it sounds like the things that we were fighting for have been uh, achieved. Uh, regarding ai and more i mean more generally control over our image so that you can't just use someone scan someone and then use their image without their uh without paying them very so,
1: nice very nice very exciting yeah. news
0: yeah so uh, do, any other exciting
1: news for you in the last week and a half well i i cut a hole in the side of my house does that ca- actually it's the back of my house why Well, because I wanted a back door that would go directly to my backyard inside the Uh fence so that I could let my dogs out without having them run away. Um, Nice. I've always had to leash the dogs up at the front and then take them out to the backyard leashed and then release them. And. uh, Wait, so
0: you have never had a door. That led to your backyard from your house?
1: Yeah, the door goes out to the driveway, and the driveway is not enclosed inside the fence.
0: Oh, Which I was see. a deliberate
1: okay. choice of ours. Uh, having a driveway fence is a real big pain in the butt. The gates never work as well as you want them to. It's easy to accidentally leave them open, in which case the dogs yeah. get away. So instead what we did was we uh, have a landing at the top of the stairs, a landing at the bottom of the stairs, and... At the bottom of the stairs, it goes straight out to the driveway, and there's also you can make a left turn now and uh, go out the brand new door into the
0: backyard. Oh, so it's it's a door, not just a hole. You were you well, were underselling it.
1: I mean, I cut a hole in the side of the house and then filled it and then it with continued
0: the door. to work on it and make it a door. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So that you was did have my big worried there for a second.
1: Nope, that's that's the big
0: news. Anything that's it? That's a big, I mean. There's not a whole lot going for me, even though it's been a week and a half. Uh, I've worked, and I started my new kind of seasonal job that I'm doing. Uh, And uh, so, I mean, I I started that last weekend, and it was full days, you know, eight-hour days during, uh, you know, all weekend, and then Monday. And then I worked on uh, my show on Tuesday, and then back to uh, the retail store on Wednesday, and then back to my show today, and then now back to retail tomorrow. And so so it's going to be pretty long... I assume you picked up that
1: retail job in order to buy me a Christmas present. I think that was what that was for, right?
0: Oh, uh, well, I will offer you my employee discount as a uh, as a present if you like. Uh, I do get a family, a friends and family discount. Oh, that's so. pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, thanks, thanks. Well, you know, I'm a good friend. What can I say? <laughs> it's true. It's true. So uh, I did uh, you know, one other thing that popped into my head while we were talking about Travis. Travis is that it is a uh, it is a kind of a secret little um, desire of mine, I guess, to date another Travis at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but only if I don't his, know. But only if his middle name is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's you okay. Be, you gotta I'll beep, beep that it again. <laughs>
1: I'll beep it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, you, uh, yeah. Well, I kind of, I kind of wanted. You know, it's like I've had friends who are like the Matthews or, uh, or you know, the Kevin's, uh, Kevin and Kevin dating each other. And I, I don't know. I just something about being, you know, the Travises. I always um, like the cross-gendered
1: relationships that are, you know, Chris and Chris or something that, like
0: that. Yeah, that's, that's extraordinary. And that's, uh, you know, because it seems rarer. Uh, it, two Travises that are dudes doesn't seem like a, an unreasonable thing to find. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I mean, so I'm fine with moving into the meat if you'd like to. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah,
1: let's shake things up and do the movie first. Mm-hmm. Travis, tell me about Green Book.
0: Oh, oh goodness! Okay, well, Green Book is a movie that I wanted to revisit. Uh, I saw it only once. It came out in 2018, and it was a. It won the Academy Award for the year that it came out, and incidentally, also for Best Picture. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> and also won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy or Musical. I love so, that. I love that. Continues that, that trend. <laughs> I guess but, it's uh, the it,
1: musical. Is I guess what we're it, saying there
0: because it I don't I couldn't ever figure it out. Because it's either it's because it's got music in it yeah. uh or because it it has some funny moments. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it never makes it it's not as funny as the Martian, to be honest. No. But uh uh anyway. So it it's it it was Regarded as a pretty good movie, and I remember liking it. But after I watched it, uh, directed by uh, Farrelly, Peter Farrelly, uh, of the Farrelly brothers, who, as I mentioned last week, are known for more kind of raunchy comedies, like uh, something about Mary and and that kind of thing. Uh, but it also starred Vigo Mortensen and uh, Mahershala Ali in n- maybe his first big starring movie role even though he only gets i think he won the academy award for best supporting actor but um it was a it was i think the role that really broke him out even though he had been acting for a long long time and this was actually his second uh oscar nomination i think he got nominated the previous year for moonlight and um which won and then didn't win no wait didn't win and then won the Oscar um, and then <laughs> yeah was, this guy and Oscars is uh, he's got an interesting story but Green Book is about a Italian American guy who gets hired to drive an African American guy uh, who is a piano player around to the Deep South basically to do concerts and. It is essentially a story about two people who are on in completely different walks of life and different societies and whatever, and there are prejudices involved, and then they are forced together, and they kind of learn... Like, proximity to each other allows them to learn about each other, and they become friends. And that's a story. It's kind of a cute story. It's 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 got moving moments. Mahershala Ali is fantastic, uh, and... Uh, but it uh it preceded some conversations about the movie being a uh, a kind of a white savior movie and how movies like that shouldn't be celebrated anymore and that's a com- that's a part of the conversation i really want to talk to you about uh a little bit later but before that what did you think of it
1: i quite liked it uh it's obviously a very enjoyable movie to watch uh this is this is no 12 years of slave or or some other like super heavy thing like this is a fundamentally pretty light movie that has a i would say this is such a dumb comment but it has a beginning a middle and an end right like it has a really Mm -hmm. nice tight story yeah the
0: structure is fairly easy on the easy on the senses i guess
1: yeah there's there's not a whole lot going on here where you're like wait a minute what happened there like it's all very (laughs) up on the screen and it's very point a point b point c and that to me is a compliment, by the way. I mm-hmm. enjoy that type of storytelling. Uh, both of the main actors are really good. Uh, is it Vigo or Vigo? Can you always oh. pronounce it Vigo. I don't know.
0: It oh. looks like Vigo to me. It does. It is spelled Vigo, but yeah. I have always heard it pronounced Vigo. Okay. Well, you. Uh, I'm sure since have... he was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so. I'm.
1: I'm sure that you've heard it pronounced by more educated people than me. So I'm going to go with Vigo. Yeah. But uh, he's fantastic. Mahershala Ali is really fantastic. Uh, I, I really liked it. It's a nice story. It, it, it's funny because even though it's not a romantic comedy, it has a lot of the same story beats as a romantic Mm. comedy. And you know that I'm a romantic comedy fan, you know, it's just that they end up being friends at the end rather than lovers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I, I like that a lot. And I think that, uh, I think that, you know, a story about friends is just as, uh, valuable as a story about lovers you know Yeah, especially when especially when it's this kind of story about two people who are um who would never be friends except that kind of circumstance forces them together
1: yeah so obviously his character uh Viggo Mortensen's character is not of the world that everyone else that he's traveling with is of he's a lower class person with maybe a a shady history and uh, uh, the habit of using violence to solve his problems. But that's exactly Mm -hmm. what they believe the record label believes is needed in order for this tour to be successful. And they're largely right. He's a very resourceful person, uneducated, but very, very good at talking his way out of bad situations and backing it up when he's not able to talk his way out of mm. situations there's yeah. a through line in the movie about when he threatens someone with a gun that he's going to shoot them and uh Mahershala Ali asks him you don't really have a gun and he's like no no of course not and then at the end of the movie it's revealed he absolutely did have a gun and he only pulled it out and brandished it when needed you know uh,
0: yeah so I I, I liked it I actually although Vigo Mortensen did also get nominated for his performance I wasn't as big on his performance as I was on Marshall Ali's performance uh, to me Vigo Mortensen was doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, character you know just like he was he was playing a—he was playing a an Italian guy, and oh, 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 God, oh, you these guys are gonna do. And I'm like, I don't know how stereotypical it was or how accurate it was, but I only maybe believed he was that guy half the time, if I'm being generous. Hmm. But I want to say that Mahershala Ali and I remember watching this the first time and not being really aware of him as an actor. But he was magnetic to me, and uh, just like his his smile and his uh, his anguish when that was there, and his desire to to his whole character. Like he's very uh, he's a guy who is. A prodigy, right? He is—he is an amazing piano player, and he attempts to civilize uh, uh, Tony, uh, mm-hmm. Tony the Lip, or Tony Lip, uh, Vigo's character, and and he can't help himself. He just—he's he, just like he—he—he he, he, he sees how this guy is—is—is um, is, is uncultured and uh, and and can be better, and takes it upon himself to just. Offer and 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 also insist because he is the boss because he's the he's the talent on this trip. Insist that Vigo is uh is holds himself to a higher caliber. Like you know, um, even to the point where uh, Vigo finds they come to this roadside station and they find, um, they're selling, you know, precious stones or, or, or pretty stones. And one of the stones isn't in the bin. It's on the, it's on the ground. And so Tony thinks, ah, it's on the ground. It's up for grabs. And so he picks it up and pockets it. But, uh, Mahershala's character, who is, um, named Don, Don Shirley, Dr. Shirley, uh, he insists that he either pay for the stone or return it before they before they drive away and it like little bits like that infuse themselves along and and at first of course it's a clashing relationship just as mm-hmm. any you know any good uh romantic comedy is where the, the it's best when they aren't eye to eye and then slowly they come to come to appreciate each other and man but again Mahershala ali i i thought he was magical in this um easily the best part oh also uh tony's wife who oh who, linda cardellini, linda linda cardellini, cardellini who
1: i've been in love with since freaks and geeks man you yeah. can't you she can't you no. yeah she was really good i think you're overly harsh on vigo mortensen here i think he is absolutely right on the same level sure he plays a Poluca, but i think you know, his character does a lot of things that are sort of out of character for a guy like that, what you would expect a guy like that to be doing. And without the right acting, that stuff would come off as super fake. Like he very wow. much takes in stride doctor discovering Dr. Shirley is homosexual. He very much makes the adjustment to working for a black man and even though he's sort of derided in the South for doing that, taking on that role handles it with a plum, right? Mm-hmm. and that could very easily play as a white savior, oh the you know you just invented this white guy that that you know, is like a magical being who's just. just mm-hmm. Wouldn't the sixties have been totally different if everybody was just cool with each other, right? Yeah. Like, just sort of this wishful thinking. But because he's his, because of his acting performance, I think it does come off as believable, and that's a tough. That's a tough one.
0: Yeah, no, I, I give you that, and I and I and I am being harsh. Uh, I'm being very like actor harsh on uh, on Vigo, um, and, and I do agree that. He does a very good job most of the time. I just I, I think that if you bat if you put the two of them on a scale, um, he doesn't stand his performance doesn't stand to uh, Mahershala Ali's performance, which is saying something because Vigo Mortensen has a, uh, a a a a a resume that is amazing. Like if you just look at his stuff in Lord of the Rings, his performance uh, in that was extraordinary. And so, it's not saying, I'm not saying as much bad about Viggo Mortensen as I am good about Mahershala Ali. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And
1: I want to call out also, by the way, Viggo's excellent displays of his dad
0: bod in this movie because... Oh, man. There's yeah. so much dad bod, and he just goes for it. I love it. I don't know if he gained weight for this or what, but he definitely is uh, he's not in shape. And there was one moment where uh, he's just in bed and he just randomly, like, uh, uh, you know, puts his finger in his ear to, like, scratches the inside of his ear. And he, when he pulls his finger out, it pops. Mm. And uh, in a way that is way too loud for most people and I feel like I don't know if they added the pop or if that was just something like he did and they just kept it in or, or what but uh, it should be said by the way that this is based on a true story these two guys existed and were actually friends this trip happened uh, there is some debate about how accurate this is because uh, it does it was written by the I guess the son or grandson Tony, of Tony Tony's Lip. son
1: Tony's son. Yeah,
0: and so there is some, uh, perhaps, some bias there about the perspective of the story, you know. But uh, but I don't think either character comes off as, uh, as the savior or the victim, right? I think they, I think they saved each other. In, in yeah, so the, way if, the story is told,
1: if we're gonna get into this now, the the thing that I would read this for, in a very mild way, is the parts where Tony starts introducing Don Shirley to black culture. I think that stuff plays very Mm. poorly. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, And I think if for me, that was the thing that I keyed on that I was like, Oh, I see why people were upset about this. Cause I don't think it reads as true. Right. And, it's a little, it's a little icky to be like, oh yeah, my dad, Tony Lip taught Don Shirley all about, you know, Aretha Franklin or whatever, you know, like, come on, sure. come on, yeah, Aretha Franklin or, you know, whatever, like little Motown, little, little Richard, Richard little like <laughs> Little Richie, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, heck, Little Richard was very famously sexually confused, I guess, uh-huh. like the yeah. idea that Don Shirley wouldn't have heard of this guy is kind of ridiculous you know yeah, yeah um and so yeah so i don't think that stuff plays very well and i but i think the story is although grounded.
0: although uh, b- before we get i mean it is like i can being the person between the two of us that hasn't heard of the top musical talent of our day uh i can see someone who is uh who is infused in the classics and is so focused on his type of music just maybe not being aware in especially in a much less connected world of the 60s than we are today well, i mean i feel it's, it's possible yeah i'm just saying that i'm doing the thing you hate i'm sorry
1: yeah well in but also including those scenes feels uh-huh. like a choice right mm-hmm. and it is kind of a choice to be like yeah, the white guy who's lower class showed the upper crusty black guy or, you know, bougie black guy what's what. And that, I I think, is going to always play as icky to people, right? Yeah, I can definitely see that. And regardless of any truth, I mean, no movie can include every aspect of their relationship. And choosing to include those scenes is a choice that I think... Doesn't really work and and does make right, you right. give you the
0: ick. Yeah, I can I, I can see that and I and I would have liked if it, maybe what the truth of those scenes to me is to point out how much black people have uh have influenced culture that even lower class white people appreciate right and so to have Tony be so into um you know aretha soul. and, and yeah. yeah and soul and like all and and these musicians um i think points more to that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh but i i see like how do you point that out how do you raise that in uh, uh you know information with without making it seem like he's trying to educate the black guy about black people mm-hmm. yeah i can see that being problematic um
1: yeah, and I think he says the he says the line "I'm blacker than you are" at one point, which is never gonna fly, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're yeah. that's true.
0: That's true. Uh, but I do, I do like. I mean, uh, they do play. They do acknowledge that these things like black people liking fried chicken is a stereotype. Um, but I also accept a world where, uh, like, a guy like Doctor Shirley has just never tried fried chicken Mm -hmm. because you know because it's fried chicken and uh and and but then but also then not knowing how delicious it is you know and and so
1: yeah um, i think that honestly the the food stuff i think played better right and it's because of you know it makes sense that he would avoid that food knowing that it is a cliched food of the African Americans yeah, in the south yeah. right
0: which is interesting yeah so he was spent a lot of time separating himself from that the, those stereotypical uh cultural items but then the whole kind of point of his journey and concerts uh tour through the south is to confront those prejudices and yeah. so to show these people uh that live down there that uh, a black man can be extraordinary and talented and uh and even better. Yeah. Than them.
1: Yeah. Um, the the thing that I wanted to say is so this movie is from the perspective of stories that Tony Lip told his son about the tour, right? Like that mm-hmm. is that is the explicit origin of these things. Yeah. And I understand why they didn't include that frame story, but I think that frame story might have Helped people get over that psychological hump, making it explicitly, these are my recollections rather Mm -hmm. than what the movie presents it as, which is this is absolute truth, right? Yeah. We know that Don Shirley and Tony Lip were friends for decades afterwards, right? So there is a fundamental truth that is being conveyed by this movie, but just sort of grounding it in, hey, these are things my dad told me rather than... This is objectively the story. I think might have might have helped avoid some of the criticism. That's a that really
0: got. good point. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, but the... I,
1: you know, the the thing, like frame stories are so cliched, right? That you know, like Titanic's frame story. You know what this three hour and twenty movie, twenty minute movie needs? A frame story that adds fifteen yeah. minutes to the running time. You know. Uh, but I think, it, I think it might've helped, you know, but maybe, you know, maybe they just weren't sensitive to the idea that this was going to be a controversial movie, right? It's a feel good movie about, you know, friendship and they, you know, maybe were blindsided by the idea that, you know, this is like a white guy telling a black guy's story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the story was, uh, the story itself was uh, very touching. Like I found myself, uh, I connected with it as, uh, you know, as a gay guy who grew up in a time slightly before our uh, very current, like, I feel like we're in kind of a nice golden age, even though there is still a lot of prejudice. But like the fact that we have so much representation around and it's easy to find role models and people who look and and uh, and act like you do or, you know, um, and certainly they didn't exist in the eighties and definitely not as much in the sixties. So, uh, I connected with that and I really, I, I, I liked it. And I liked the fact that he, that, uh, Don Shirley had, he had influence, right? With society. And so when he got in trouble, he was able to call, uh, Bobby Kennedy and get help. But his shame at needing to call Bobby Kennedy was, completely understandable like you know you 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 want to be able to stand on your own merits and succeed without without the help of the white guy you right. know
1: yeah especially and, when you've done nothing wrong
0: you know yeah in that case for sure yeah yeah and, and it was nice too because i can see i could see a version of this script where it was the incident at the ymca where he was caught fooling around with another guy and uh I can see where that was the incident that landed him in jail that he needed to make a call about uh, but in that case Viggo Mortensen, uh, Tony Lip talked the police out of taking him to jail and so they had another scene where it was it was Tony Lip accidentally or not accidentally but actually punching a cop when they get pulled over and the back roads of Alabama or wherever they were Yeah and uh and so he punches a cop because the cop calls him uh, uh calls him the n-word i guess
1: he dropped an n-word i can't remember exactly whether it was directed at Don Shirley or at Tony Lip, but
0: oh no, it was that it was at Tony Lip. I think the 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 the, the cop insinuates that Tony is a, a is a black guy, um, and so Tony punches him because he's so insulted, and um, that and that plays into their relationship too. The the Tony uh, Shirley relationship later on, so they have to work through that. And but yeah, it's it's uh, I liked it, and I liked that that. They come to respect each other, and I think that um, Tony has a. I think that Tony has a further way to go. You mm-hmm. know, I think that he travels further in in his learning about uh, Doctor Shirley and and coming to like him than Doctor Shirley does.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, what I'm curious about, and I didn't uh, I didn't research this, but I the piano playing is kind of extraordinary you know when you when you watch Dr. Shirley play uh it's really great and I don't know if if it was camera trickery because it certainly looks like uh Mahershala Ali is playing the piano
1: so my impression of it as someone who has played a little bit of piano and has watched people play piano is that he was not actually hitting the notes that uh were being
0: played that we were hearing. Oh, uh, I see. But
1: I could be, I could be off on that.
0: You know. Well, that would be, that would also be a very interesting way to do that too, uh, where you just play any old thing and just play with the the tempo and the rhythm, and uh, then they play something else over your uh, over your notes. Yeah. Huh, that's in. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear the raw, <laughs> the raw, <laughs> like <laughs> playback of those. Yeah those scenes because if i'm doing that on a piano i am all over the place i could definitely you know pound some high notes and 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 move but it would sound atrocious and then the audience has to act like he's blowing them away yeah yeah exactly Uh,
1: you know i've always liked yeah i mean that reminds me of nightclub scenes like every once in a while i'm reminded that nightclub scenes are shot in silence and mostly yeah yeah and they put the uh the music on over the top. And so actors are always like yelling to each other or whatever. But of course it's on a silent soundstage. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I always love imagining that I'm, that I'm there listening to them be like, Hey! Ah!
0: Yeah. Which is funny because when you watch those nightclub scenes where people are talking to each other in a normal tone of voice yeah, and well, you're, like, also that. you're like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the matrix has one of those where uh, we're like Trinity and Neo first meet and yeah. they're like, just, they're basically whispering to each other, and, and you're like, you would not hear a word the other person is saying. Yeah, exactly. So, um, All right. Anything else uh, that you'd like to talk to talk about on uh, on Green Book?
1: No, I think
0: I feel pretty pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I haven't seen some of the other movies that were that were lumped in with this, in that kind of that white savior thing. Like Driving Miss Daisy is the other movie that was uh brought up a lot when i was hearing criticisms of this movie a couple of years back so uh, i haven't seen that one or at least i don't remember seeing it Uh, i saw it a long long time ago like before college oh yeah because it would that was late 80s or very early 90s um and it also won the academy award i think yeah so i mean the,
1: the academy voters do love this type of movie
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, I I'm not against it either. What do you think for a rating? What do you give it? Uh, it's a high rating. I I think an eight. Uh, I'm tempted Ooh. to go to a nine
1: because uh, I, I like the experience of watching the movie is very pleasurable to me. But I think I think some of the concerns about it are valid to the point where uh-huh. I'm I'm too I'm a little hesitant to be like yeah this is this is one of my favorite movies because. You know, I'm not gonna watch this again. It was an enjoyable way to spend two hours. uh I liked it. It was beautiful. it was well acted but yeah there's there's a few scenes that I would probably cut and maybe rewrite. so I'm gonna give it an eight
0: okay that's great i, I you know what I have the exact same opinion uh but I'm actually gonna rate it a seven because of those because of those same like. Slight faults. and also my rating is more like you know it's a good movie for sure. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again, but unless I had a reason, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of where a seven falls on my scale.
1: Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Great, Matt's great inflation again.
0: I know this is one of the first times where you've uh, rated a movie more than me. I don't yeah, remember. I think, that I think this that is happening only this... before
1: second i think this is only the second one
0: yeah wow all right all right uh re-history in the remaking uh well matt tell me about hoover the third hoover three which is uh
1: h-o-o-v-e-r-i-i-i all is one also word.
0: lowercase i's which annoys me
1: yeah and i think actually the h is lowercase as well uh, oh
0: well not, maybe i don't think in oh not maybe in, not um, not in youtube music okay. i don't think
1: okay well anyways uh Hoover 3 is a psych rock band from L.A. They've been around for know, four or five years, I from think. From L.A.? Really? They
0: are, in fact, from didn't L.A. Did I know that from last year? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Or from last yeah. week, did I know that? You didn't know it from last year or from last week. Oh, okay. Well, I, I am surprised and shocked. I would not have thought they were from L.A.
1: Yeah, so they're from L.A. They're a, an ever-shifting number of... Uh, members of the group i saw them live about a month ago and there were five on stage but the albums credit anywhere from seven to i think 11 members and they don't distinguish between like additional instruments and group members so it's a little unclear how many members hoover 3 has at any particular point Uh, i quite like them this style of music psych rock is sort of a amorphous it's a, it's a little hard to put your finger on it it's one of those genres that is kind of like i know it when i hear it mm-hmm. uh the in the 60s and 70s it was really associated with sort of the acid trip movement and you know people were taking lsd mm-hmm. and the okay. wavy gravy posters around uh bay the bay area and so forth but now it's more about a sound and a feeling rather than any
0: particular, like, it's, yeah, it's a little hard to define, I guess. Uh, but I this, did, I did catch a lot of, the, a lot of similarities between that era of the Beatles. Yeah. You know, I heard yeah. some similarities there. So now that you're saying that, it's making some sense to me.
1: Yeah, often it'll include keyboards or, like, Eastern instruments. Uh, And and Hoover 3 does a lot of keyboard synthesizer stuff. Uh, They also include, like, saxophone a lot. Um, Anyways, this album came out a couple of years ago, or maybe even 2022. Uh, But I like it. It's very upbeat. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Uh, They also have an album that came out just a month ago. That's a little more down-tempo, and I would recommend that if you, listener, liked the assignment for this week, you check that one out as well. Very good. Travis, what'd you
0: think? I liked it in comparison to some of the stuff we've been doing. Um, I, it, it, this is definitely an instance where it brings back a phrase we used a while ago uh, where um, it's not, where I say it's not bad, but it left a lot of good on the table um and what's interesting is now that you're telling me they've released several albums i'm looking at their uh, i'm looking at their lineup here and this is their 6th of 7 albums currently and uh i am a little disappointed that it wasn't better i liked a lot about this music it was uh it was there is it, it is completely inoffensive to me right <laughs> there's nothing that uh that that i disliked really that surprises me a
1: little because there's a few songs on here that are a little bit cacophonous to choose a word from last week
0: yeah 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 so so it didn't get none of them got to the point where i disliked them Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of absence of like (laughs) if that makes sense (laughs) so like a lot of neutrality in this album for me. And uh one of the things that really bugged me and I think this would have been an easy fix is to uh work on the mix a little bit. The 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 uh, the audio mix especially for the vocals was I, I can't understand what they're saying. And mm-hmm. so I think because of that I can hear that they're saying interesting things, right? And mm-hmm. I can hear that their voices are not bad. I don't know that they're especially good you know whatever but they're like you know not bad in the way the, the the beatles aren't bad the beatles aren't great singers but they you know they're mainly good writers i mm-hmm. think uh, is my opinion and i again i don't we've talked about this i don't know the beatles all that well but um that's my impression and this band seems to be in of the same ilk except i don't know whether they're good writers And this is something that I was very curious about. I'm listening to this uh, music, this album, and I'm wondering to myself, how is this music written, created? Is there a guy who's like, uh, like a a Mozart guy who's like, ah, this is what the drums are going to do. This is what the guitars are going to do. This is what the keyboards are going to do. Or do you have a guy who's like, hey, guys, this is what the guitar is going to do. And then the drums guy goes, "Ah, okay, cool. Well, then this is what the drums are going to do. And then, you know, like (laughs) another guy who's like, oh, well, this is what the pianos can do over that. And I think that's what it feels like to me. And that's what causes the cacophony um, effect. And so this never got so bad as to be uh, offensively cacophonous to me. But it did get a little um, unfocused, I Mm want to say. Um and it felt a little jazzy but not in a good way. Mm. And I I was kind of curious. I, I just am really interested to see it. like I I'd love to talk to a really good band someday or 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 find out what's your what's your process, you know, how do you make music? Um so all that to say that uh when I was listening to this album it was fine. It mm-hmm. was uh it it kind of melded together in mm. my brain like there it it was fun to listen to. like I enjoyed having it on while i was while I was on my walks uh, with Coco, but it uh, it just kind of numbed my brain a bit. In a way that I didn't like. That is a really good observation, because I would absolutely
1: 100% agree with you. Like, I like this music. I like the way it's put together. I like the sounds. I like the mix, because I'm not as fussy about understanding the vocals as you are. But it is kind of... It's not background music, but it's music that does fade into the background really easily if you let it. Mm -hmm. But... But I like it, right? If that makes sense. Like, I think yeah. we're, you know, we're having sort of the same experience of it. And I think we're maybe just looking for different things in our music. This is,
0: it's never like catchy, right? Right. Well, not never, oh. actually. Do tell. Uh, no, I'll just, I, there were moments where I was like, oh, that's a really good, uh, that's really good guitar work or, okay. or whatever, you know? So can you point one of them out? Uh, probably not the very first song on no the no album. that's
1: yeah but see that's my point right like there right. are moments that catch your ear but I never find myself singing Hoover 3 songs after I've finished with the album correct
0: yeah yeah, yeah. really good point yeah no, yes. keep going because I'm I'm much more interested in what you have to say. But I'm also interested, by the way, to hear about your experience listening to them live.
1: Yeah, so the live show was a lot of fun. It they were kind of an interesting match with Mud Honey, right? Because Mud Honey is a grunge band from the '90s, loud, brash, heavy on the riffs, heavy on the sort of scream singing, and Hoover Three does not seem like a natural fit with that, other than also loud. Right. But loud in a not in a distorted kind of way, but just like there's five of us on stage making a lot of noise. But I thought it was it was an interesting experience for me because I was kind of paying attention to their equipment uh, because I've been, uh, you know, playing guitar for the last couple of years and sort of one of the. One of the features of playing guitar, I think it's sort of like filmmaking, where you're constantly like, oh, here's this neat piece of gear. Here's this neat piece of gear. If only I had this microphone and this camera that I could, right? It's sort (laughs) of the same way with guitar, where it's like, oh, Oh, this pedal could make this sound, and this amp could make me X, you know. I feel the
0: same way about filmmaking, yes. Yeah.
1: And so I was kind of focused on their equipment. And one thing I will say about them is, like, all their stuff was, like, super-duper clean, which is an indication that it's not getting, like, used really heavily. And a lot of it were things Hmm. that were sort of, we would call them boutique, but they're they're sort of, like, expensive versions of, like, older, earlier pedals. Uh, And it was kind of jarring because there's, I would, I've looked for, like, interviews with this band to try uh-huh. to figure out what their story is because yeah. there's just the faintest hint of
0: i think i know what you're gonna say like rich
1: kid about yes! this band
0: that was right? what i was gonna ask you
1: yeah there's just this faintest hint of like we don't need to be here to like eat right yeah, yeah. i i'm thinking specifically of the bassist and if the hoover three bassist ever hears this I really hope you take this in a like a loving and gentle way. It's not intended to be a slam at all, but they had two different preamp pedals, which is a way of shaping your sound, and then they had an actual very nice tube amplifier, which is another way of shaping your sound, and they had a very, very nice solid bass tone, right? That was like the type of thing that you could absolutely get by just plugging right into your amplifier and going, right? But for some reason, there was $1,000 worth of preamp pedals on the floor and it was a $2,000 amplifier. And I'm like, I don't think you needed, I don't think you needed to do any of that, you know? I I think you're really, this is a lot of overkill. And like I said, everything was like very clean. And it was all, I just got the sense that These were young people that don't really have a whole lot of responsibilities and they can just tour around the country with Mudhoney, getting like, you know, a hundred bucks each a night and calling it good or 50 bucks each a night and being like, okay with that. And I, like, it didn't bother me or anything, but it just, it made me realize that there's a reason that this music sounds
0: relatively carefree. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, there was and that was going to be a question I was going to ask, too, was what was your impression of the age of the band members?
1: They're all very young. They're all very oh. young. Uh,
0: okay. They
1: seem early 20s, which is interesting, right? Because they've released like seven albums. Yeah. But that, I think that's the kind of thing you can do when you don't have like a ton of other
0: responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Well and we should also mention that this band is a very small band. Like they don't even have an entry on Wikipedia yet. Yeah. They have something like three hundred and sixty five uh, followers on YouTube music. You yeah, know, they're very small. So uh, a lot of the a lot of the shortcomings I think can be chalked up to inexperience weirdly, because as we yeah. said, this is their seventh or sixth of seven albums. Yeah. And um but but and, you know like
1: and, like this is what i'm getting at right the recording quality is really good there's a ton of instrumentation none of which uh-huh. comes for free right there and like there's professional photo shoots there's like like really nice stuff associated with this to the that does not appear to arise naturally out of the popularity of this music again no disrespect intended right but there is yeah. there is this part of you that's like how are you guys like this is probably you know, you probably paid a studio twenty thousand dollars you know between studio time and a producer and a mixer
0: and mastering engineer. Well, maybe the, maybe one of their dads owns a studio or something. Yeah, right. Like, the, but you know, and if they if they're from L.A., there's a good chance that they had some money. Yeah, right.
1: I I get the feeling that somebody's an investment banker and somebody else is. Like a, you know, a producer
0: or something, right? A producer or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somewhere in the industry. Yeah. Or or tech.
1: Yeah. I don't. So anyways, but like I said, I like this music a lot, but it doesn't like move me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. I felt, I felt very much the same way. My, 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 um, yeah, yeah, I think I've said all, all I need to say. Yeah. I
1: think so too. Uh, what do you what do you give it for a rating? I'm actually super curious where this lands for you. Were you thinking this was going to be very low for me? No, I think this is going to be around average, maybe slightly above. I'm thinking maybe a six.
0: Does the yeah, six yeah, yeah. feel right That's to you? Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking average or slightly above average is what yeah. I'm thinking. And uh, you know what? I'll give these kids these uh, these up and comers uh, a little boost uh, with my and, and just give them a six because uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. There were definitely moments where I was like, "Okay, I I see what you're trying to do here. Uh, I would love just if you want to do a mix for me, Hoover the uh, Third, just <laughs> boost your vocals a bit. That's all I'm saying." Yeah,
1: the Travis because you're mix. worth it. Yeah, exactly. And gosh darn it, people like yeah. Me.
0: Do do a mix for me and my boyfriend Travis, so I can put That's it right. on my boyfriend playlist. Travis and Travis, Travis. Well, for me this
1: is a 7, which is sort of I think this is maybe just a difference in our rating systems cuz uh, like I said I this is very similar. I I would I would put this significantly above average like mm-hmm. for the level that this band is at in terms of like number of followers and things. I think this is way better than your average band that that has that type of following. And there, so yeah. for me it's a 7. I Never am sad when it comes up on my, you know, it's been coming up on my random lately because I've been playing it so much. I'm never sad to hear one of these songs. Uh, yeah. So, and I, and I really like the album.
0: Yeah. And I would say there's something very, very good to say about the fact that you saw them live and enjoyed them so much that you brought them to me. Brought yeah. them to me. I yeah. did.
1: I did boy thing to you. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I'm Rotten absolutely going tricky. to make fun of you. All right. So, Travis, I did want to introduce one little little tiny – I don't know if this is going to become a regular feature or not, but, uh, but a month or two ago, I mentioned to you that I listen to 12 to 15 albums a week, and I never mention any of these on the podcast, even when oh. they're new and kind of good. So I did want to say I've been listening to an album this week, White Reapers Asking for a Ride. It came out this year. White Reaper is an indie band that has gotten some radio play lately. I like them a lot. I don't think I'm going to give them to you at any point. I mean, I might. I don't know. But, anyways, new album. I had kind of missed it. It came out in January, and I just found out about it this week, and I've really been enjoying that. So, kids, if you like, if if you share my musical taste, White Reaper, Asking for a Ride all right well matt's thank
0: you for that. album of the week you'll have to you'll have to write a little uh, a little musical stinger for that i think i will all right great uh well what have you got for me for next week man next week have you heard of the band phoenix oh i missed having you ask me that and uh, the answer is no i have not heard of phoenix
1: i'm not surprised they're the biggest band in france are they really are you yeah, making they're... fun of me I'm not making fun of you. They are oh. incredibly popular in France because they're French. But oh, okay. they're also a popular indie band here in the United States. They've had a bunch of pretty pretty decent-sized hits. I gave you a playlist composed almost entirely of their breakthrough album here in the United States. And the reason I use the term breakthrough is I don't know if it was their debut album or just one of their early ones. It's called Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. And... Mm. There were a couple of big hits on this album, 1901 and Listomania, but the whole thing is really good. The only reason I say I gave you a playlist instead of the album itself is because there is a long kind of wandery instrumental right smack dab in the middle of this album, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure you would uh, spike it to death if you... (laughs) Had to listen to it, and so I All right. removed that. It's this is only 29 minutes long, but I think you're going to want to listen
0: to this three or four times. It's upbeat indie rock. I think you're going to dig it. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, I definitely am ready for a for an album that I just you know just makes me happy. Uh, well, I am going to give you the movie Dread, which is the second adaptation of the comic book series Judge Dread and this movie came out in 2012 stars carl urban as the uh, as the titular uh, uh judge where and judges in the future if you don't know are uh, they have the power of judge jury and executioner if necessary and uh, they live in like Mega City 1 or you know one of those like The eastern seaboard is now one giant city, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And it's kind of a, you know, it's set in the future, and uh, he has futuristic guns and weapons. I saw this movie back when it came out. I had seen the original Judge Dredd, which starred uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider, of all people, and uh, only... Barely liked it, but I was also like 13 when it came out, so it was I was very easy to please. And uh, as I grew up, it became much less good. But this movie, I heard really good things about, and so I finally watched it. Uh, and I remember liking it quite a bit. It stars uh, Lena Headey as the um, uh, as the villain. Uh, she's from she's also the villain in Game of Thrones. But at the time, I knew her from uh, there's a there was a Terminator series like the sarah connor chronicles or as i called it the sarah chronicles and um the sarah Chronicles is better <laughs> whatever <laughs> and uh, so she starred in that as sarah connor and uh, was really good so i was happy to see her kind of playing a, a like a really bad person in this movie and uh, i'm interested to revisit it with you so hopefully awesome. well, i will I'm still looking... like it yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah, it's action-y, right? And that's why I was giving you... I, I just wanted to give you something like mindless action, but also like good mindless action, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm
1: excited to watch Sarah Connor Chronicles now. I love Lena Headey, and uh, I didn't oh. know she was in that.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, they had a pretty good cast. Uh, Thomas Decker played John Connor, and uh, he's... Uh, I I think he is adorable and uh so i love that but also summer Glau played uh she was from um uh, firefly she played a good terminator i think sent back to protect i don't know it was one of those stories uh but yeah so it was a pretty good cast i think it only lasted a season or two maybe okay yeah worth, worth checking out cool
1: well travis uh you know you know what i love doing hmm what do you love doing matt i love getting emails oh me too if somebody wanted to email us how would they
0: do that uh i suppose you could use our email address which is uh exposing ourselves podcast at gmail.com but what if you uh, what if you don't what if you don't like email what if you uh what if you're like a facebook person
1: well i don't think those people exist but if they did they would just search for exposing ourselves on facebook and they would find our podcast
0: that's awesome. And uh and what if they like really love us and they want to uh rate us so that uh it'll you know, other people can help discover our uh our show. They should rate us. Then. Oh I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't you have you rated us, Matt? That's no, that I would haven't. be bad. You should I, do that. I rate us five stars, that's for sure.
1: I okay, well, now. Okay, that. Me too.
0: Me too. Yeah. All right. Well uh thank you for that information and uh hey, also thank you for exposing yourself to me.
1: Well, Travis, thank you for exposing yourself to me.
0: Oh, well, I love doing it. I'll talk to you next week.